It's mentally yours for Melon and Yvette. A podcast on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're going to be chatting to paranoia sufferer Angie and Professor Philippa Garrity. We're going to be chatting about paranoia, hearing voices and a new treatment called slow-mo therapy. So um, when did you first experience paranoia and what happened? Well, I first experienced it about 20 years ago. Before that, when I was 18, I had terrible bouts of depression. Um, But as I got older, that's when the paranoia sort of started. And um, I'd have strange beliefs like people were laughing at me, nobody liked me. um, And and it was really awful. And I heard voices. Um, It took me a while to actually admit that, uh, but once I did, I actually was able to get help. Um, but I didn't really understand what was going on, and it was really scary, um, you know, and uh, it just started to affect my life. You know, I was frightened to go out. I was frightened to get on the bus. I was just frightened to do everything in case the voices who said they had all this power, um, would just try and keep me to themselves. Um, You know, they'd say that bad things would happen to people if I spoke to them about them. Um, They threatened me. They said that things that had happened in the news were my fault and that I should be punished. I mean, I'm, I'm on medication now, which does help. Um, but I still get the voices, but I, 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 I have had uh, sessions with the Voices Clinic, which has really helped. And, you know, that's, that's as it is now, really. The depression is still there some days, which makes it harder to, ke- to cope with the voices. But at least I've got a, a decent life now with the, with the combination of the medication and the the therapies and it's really helped me also um you know meeting people um and taking part in research really when you started experiencing paranoia did anyone in your life kind of know what was going on or were you kind of struggling with this all on your own well i was pretty much struggling with it on my own to be honest um, it was just me and my daughter. Unfortunately, it's strained me and my daughter's relationship because she was only young then and she didn't really understand. And I was struggling with something that I didn't really understand. Um, as I say, it wasn't really until I sought help because I realised that I couldn't go on like this. And it all started, you know, once I admitted that I had a problem, then 
I knew that it was time to get some help. And that's that's basically what I did. Mm. Has it been difficult to let go of the beliefs that you, you have during um, during paranoia? Yes, it has. Obviously, doing the slow-mo, which really helped me. But yes, some, sometimes I do. Usually, if I'm feeling really down, um, that's when the paranoia sort of kicks in because I haven't got enough mental strength to to deal with them, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm. um, you mentioned slow-mo in there. Um, so, Philippa, could you tell us a bit about what that is, please, and um, how it helps people? Yes, sure. Um, slow-mo is about helping people with the sorts of things that Angie's been talking about, fear that people might want to harm you in some way or be following you or laugh at you, uh, sort of worries about um, others. And what what fuels that, we know from lots of research, is uh, relying on sort of gut feelings and and instinct and sort of what we call fast thinking. And we we've done lots of research which shows that uh, something that we all rely on, that sense that we know what's going on, um, can fuel those kinds of fears, especially when we're out and about in the world de- dealing with people. And slow-mo is really about helping people to notice those kinds of habits of fast thinking and to slow down for a moment. And so the, the therapy is about um, providing both a pa- sort of powerful combination of sessions with a therapist but it's supported by uh, a, a, an interactive web-based app in the sessions which has lots of materials and examples of people's thinking and um, other people's ways of handling worries and tips for handling worries and a mobile app that people then can put their own personal worries and thoughts onto which they uh, which they represent as as spinning bubbles and they put that onto a, a mobile app which they then take out and can use in everyday life to slow down and to find on the app the the safer less worrying thoughts that they've developed and I know that Angie did that and and used the the mobile app in that way. Angie could you tell us a bit about your experience of slow-mo kind of what it was like for you experiencing it maybe from the beginning? Mm. Um, Well I heard about um, the slow-mo from a friend actually um and I contacted Kathy um and it sort of went from there really I I really wanted to get involved um and I found that um it when when I first met the the lady was called Alison once I met Alison um we met in a cafe and she had the laptop, and I thought to myself, what have I done? Because I'm not very technical, as you've probably gathered. Um, and <laughs> But she she did everything on the laptop, um, and it was, as Philippa said, it's about slowing your thoughts down, thinking in a different way. Um, and it was an hour session, and there were, I think there were, eight sessions and although it's a simple idea and you probably know in your own mind 
to do this anyway. But this sort of can can sort of how can I put it? Um, confirmed what what you know. You know, you know that when you're sitting on the bus, you know people probably aren't talking about you, but the panic takes over, and you don't think it out. You know, I mean, I've got off off the bus before I needed to because I thought people were talking about me. Um, but with this therapy, it just taught me to slow down, um, think about, you know, how how people are reacting. You know, they're talking to each other. And, of course, the um, the phone with the bubbles, that helped because it gave you coping strategies as, as well. And having your phone, nobody on the bus or wherever I was took any notice because everybody, you know, is on their phone most of the time. So it didn't really... Yeah, you know, I didn't have to worry about people knowing what I was doing. Um, but no, I've, I found it a great help. I really did. Um, and it even got me to the stage where I could get on the bus and go to different places. Um, because I, I do some work with research and development and I had to get three buses to get there. And there was a time that I I just couldn't have possibly done that at all. You know, so yeah, that I I and I really appreciate the fact that I got the chance to do it. I really do. Angie, what else has been helpful in terms of um improving your mental health? And also I'd want to ask, um, how have you been doing over the past year? Because it's been such a difficult year for everyone's mental health. Yeah. Well, when when we had the very first lockdown. I was quite ill. It, it felt like everything that I did to keep me going, all my friends, everything had just been taken away. And and I really was quite poorly and I needed a lot of help. Um, but then when we came out of the lockdown, things started to pick up a little bit and I got given the um, iPad that I'm on now and at least I could, I, w- I was shown by a friend how to do emails and things. I was a bit slow, but I got there in the end. And that that helped because I had that better contact. Then when we, this past lockdown that we've had, uh, I found it difficult, but I felt more positive because I thought, well, you got through it the first time. And you've done it before. Um, and by keeping in touch with friends on the phone, uh, seeing my my nurse, you know, um, and just sort of people were very kind and they kept in touch. And it, it really helped knowing that there were people out there. So it, it was a difficult time, but not as difficult as the very first lockdown because I really did feel very alone then. Mm. Um, and Philippa, what about you, if you don't mind me asking, how has, how has it been in terms of your mental health over the past year um, and also in terms of supporting the people that you do? Well, I, I think I've been pretty well over, over this period, uh, but I'm very conscious that I've got good supports uh, 
and um, I'm quite uh, well connected. As Angie said, having digital connections with people has really helped being able to to talk on the phone or, or, or video call people. That's really been important. And I've been able to carry on with my work. Uh, so that's been keeping me busy. Um, uh, we were doing some more research along the lines that we've been, we were doing with slow-mo uh, and we were starting a new project and we had a lot of challenges because of all the, you know, all the pressure on the health service. So we're working with people who have been under huge pressure uh, and uh, people were being pulled away from normal services to, to provide extra supports uh, to do with COVID. So we had challenges and, and we had to slow slow up our work um, and also look at providing uh, work with people um, through video conference like Zoom rather than seeing people in a cafe like Angie would probably prefer. So, but partly because of the work we've done with slow-mo and uh, have got more used to using technology I think that set us up in a in, in a better place for being able to get through this time and as Angie said once you've learned you can get through a, a, a difficult time and you've learned ways of coping then when next time it comes you, you you've already learned some some good skills for coping so I think we, we we're we're managing all right I think one thing that a lot of people who've experienced paranoia might have felt is that there's a lot of shame around admitting that that's what you're going through. Angie, were you nervous to kind of ask for help and admit, okay, this is a problem, this is what I'm dealing with? I found it very difficult to admit. I really did. Um, because when it all first started, I, I didn't really know anything about mental health, you know, um, and the things that I was experiencing, you know, I I was really scared about, and and it it it's it was when it started affecting my life. You know, I couldn't go to work, I couldn't get out. I you know, I just sort of shut myself away. My daughter was sort of living with her grandparents because I couldn't cope, and and it did get to the point where if I hadn't got help, you know. I might not have been here now, to be honest. What we try to, to, to do when we start with working with people with slow-mo is we say it's really common to worry about uh, fear of harm from other people. A lot of people have those sorts of worries to a greater or lesser extent. It's it's really not unusual. And and when we present what we the materials we do on slow-mo, one of the things we do is is show how common it is and give different examples of the sorts of worries uh, people often report and and so and it, and and also the the whole focus of slow mo about the thinking habits we've got we say we've all we all use the same sorts of thinking habits we all rely maybe too much sometimes on 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 gut instincts and don't think things through because when we're frightened that's what happens so we understand that that it's a really common uh set of set of issues and, and we want to reassure people that there's there's nothing shameful about it we just want to help people understand it and find better ways of coping so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from mentally 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 yours mentally yours
you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Bye.